Welcome to Right Way Politics with Brian Kerwin, political consultant. We do politics the right way, the winning way, and we leave the left way behind. Big, 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 big week in politics. Usually July is not a huge political month. We save that for a little later in the summer, but boy, a lot of news, a lot going on with geopolitical, economic political, campaigns revving up for the fall. And we're going to take a look at it each week here, plus having having some uh, special guest interviews of movers and shakers, especially in Virginia politics. I'm looking at the news right now, and it's, well, there's basically uh, two big stories in the news. One is the economy and whether we're in an economic recession or not. Nobody seems to know, but we've already had one quarter of negative GDP, and usually two quarters in a row of negative GDP, means we're in a recession. The White House is pushing back on that, hedging to say that even if we get the second quarter of negative GDP, that that's not necessarily a recession, that there's a big complicated formula that goes on in determining a recession or not, changing the definitions, moving the goalpost, anything but saying the deadly R word. And Republicans, I'm not really thrilled with their messaging. They're trying to uh, kitchen table this thing, which is usually a good thing, is saying it doesn't matter whether it's a recession or not. What matters is that people are hurting. And while that's definitely true, it does matter if it's a recession or not, or the White House wouldn't be hedging so drastically in trying to avoid saying that. But by the time this podcast hits the air, um, within a day or so, we will have the official definition of whether or not we're in a recession or not. And it really doesn't matter what the White House or the Republicans say about it. We either will be or we won't. And uh, it's an interesting political game to play. Um, Because when you're in power, like the Democrats are, the Democrats control the House, the Senate, and the White House, you get all the credit and you get all the blame, whether it really justified or not. You get all the blame when gas prices go up and you get the credit when gas prices go down. Uh, Neither side really likes it, but it's a fact of politics. When things get better, you do improve. But I'm looking at the polls and it's not really giving anybody a heck of a lot of credit. A lot of polling information has come out this week. Uh, More is coming out this uh, coming week. Um, But these numbers are insane. Right track, 23%. Wrong track, 72%. And that's been pretty constant for a few months now. When you've got 72% of the country saying we're on the wrong track, I'm not sure if uh, anybody can win a re-election in that atmosphere. I'm looking at the Joe Biden job approval numbers from the last week. Uh, 39%, 40%, 33%, 36%, 38%, and 40%. They're pretty much um, pretty consistent there. Uh, Mid-30s, a couple of 39s and 40s, and uh, basically well over a majority with negative job approval of President Biden. Congressional job approval is low as it always is. 17% approve 
of the job Congress is doing. And I'm pretty certain those are just congressional staffs. <laughs> now, Newt Gingrich went on the air this past week, and he said some things that I actually have been saying to people in the industry for quite a while, but he went further than I did. Um, he's predicting the congressional turnover, in, and he's calling an avalanche. Uh, he's saying that this is going to be more than just a landslide. This is going to be one of the biggest flips of uh, congressional leadership in American history. He's calling for a gain of Republicans in the House of a minimum of 40 up to 70 seats. And that's in the range that I've been calling for for a few months. I've been pretty much saying the over-under is 50. I pretty much, you know, it is it, it is definitely going to be at least 50 in my book. I don't know if we're going to get as high as 70, but the, with these numbers, these job approval ratings of the president, this right track, wrong track number, basically three to one against um, the president and the Congress. Maybe Newt's on to something. Maybe it'll be higher than 50 seats. Where I don't understand his logic, is he said, he said this weekend he sees a five or six seat gain in the Senate, and I just don't see how that is mathematically possible. Um, when, when you look at the Senate seats that are up, 35 seats are up this November in the Senate. 21 of them are already held by Republicans. So if you're going to gain five to six seats, you're going to have to pick up five or six seats out of the 14 Democrat states um, that are uh, reliably Democrat in many cases. We're talking about Washington State, Oregon, the whole West Coast, basically, California, Colorado. You're looking at Illinois. You're looking at New York, Maryland, Connecticut, Vermont, New Hampshire, Hawaii, um, they're all solidly Democratic states. The uh, states that I think, and I've been saying that, um, I've been calling that we're going to see a two to three seat pickup in the Senate. Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona. And that's uh, and that's including uh, if we keep Pennsylvania, which is in Republican hands. If we pick up Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona, I'm happy. Uh, I just don't see the other two or three seats that Newt says we're going to pick up. And, uh, but we will see the speaker has a heck of a lot of, uh, history and track record on this. Uh, and maybe he sees New Hampshire. I don't, maybe he sees Colorado or Maryland. I just, but I just don't see many of these states being close. I do see a pickup in Georgia. I do see a pickup in Nevada and I see a pickup in Arizona, but that's my ceiling. And in Virginia, I I see some uh, I see some seats that are being called uh, toss-ups or lean that I really don't don't think are going to be toss-ups and leans. I think Virginia is going to go strong Republican this year, and I just don't think there has been really quality polling done in these districts. These districts are new districts, and there really isn't a whole lot of track record history when you try to poll redistricted elections it's difficult to gauge turnout it's also difficult when uh, you've gone through the turmoil that virginia has electorally where democrats have basically won everything in sight for 12 years 
And then last year, they lost the House of Delegates. They lost all three statewide offices in the state for governor, lieutenant governor, and attorney general. And they weren't blowouts by any mean, but they were definitive. And we're wondering, it was that an outlier or is this a sign of things to come? A lot of people point back to 1993 when George Allen surprised everybody with his big comeback victory to win governor in 1993. And that led to, I believe it was a 54-seat gain in the Congress the following year. Uh, And of course, back in 1994, there were a lot more Democrats in the House than than there are today. So there's there were a lot more seats to pick up then. We're pretty close to a majority in the House as it is, fairly close in the Senate as well. So the margins are kind of tighter and the amount of pickup possibilities are smaller. But I see overwhelming a huge 1994-like shift in the House and a couple of seats in the Senate. And I believe that's where it's going to go. As far as this podcast goes, we'll be here every week looking at polling, looking at campaigns, analyzing what campaigns are doing, their campaign strategies, their campaign ads, looking at the right way and the wrong way to do politics, to do campaigns. And we'll really drill down into some of these key races and analyze what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, and who's got their messaging wrong. Like, for example think Republicans' messaging is wrong, all wrong about this upcoming recession. I think the message that I would run with is that the president is trying to change the goalpost. They were wrong in predicting inflation. They were wrong about the recession. They have no idea what they're doing. They should not cede the definition of a recession to the Democrats and agree with them that the definition doesn't matter. I think they should drill the definition and say words mean things, numbers mean things. And if we come out with a second quarter consecutively of negative GDP, that should turn on the spigots of saying, if it's this bad now, how much worse will it get? So many economists are saying that we will be in a recession within the next six to nine months. If we're in a recession now, how much worse is it going to be when they actually admit it? So I think the Republicans could tighten up their messaging and really turn up the heat on the Democrats and on Joe Biden, their titular head of the party, their leader, the president. And there's a lot of talk going on and whether or not uh, he'll actually be the nominee for re-election. Saw a poll that said a majority of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run again. I believe it was 54%. With 54% of Democrats don't want you to run again, don't be surprised if people start uh, tipping their toe into the pool and trying to see whether or not they can mount a campaign. It wouldn't be the first Democrat in history to be a sitting president and decide not to run for re-election. And when 54% of Democrats think we need somebody new, then... uh, 2024 looks like it's going to be a super important year. I mean, look, the Democrats nominees, uh, you know, since Obama, they're uh, they basically went old school from Clinton to Biden. They ran to basically old candidates with old names and old ideas. And maybe the Democrats are ready to close the door on the past and open the door of the future. 54% of them seem willing to in latest polling. 
And I wonder, and I have uh, been on record, I don't think we're going to ever see Joe Biden's name on a ballot. I don't think he's running again. I don't think, I don't know what the excuse will be, but I think it's over and done. And we're going to have an open seat for the presidency in 2024, the first time in since 1968 that a sitting president opts not to run for re-election. So, and if you like the podcast, share with your friends. Come back here every week for a new episode. We'll be interviewing political figures. We're going to be talking to the movers and shakers in politics. We're also going to be giving you my two cents worth, my 22 years of political experience of making sure that these people do politics the right way and that when they do it the wrong way, we call them out on it. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we hope you find your way back to Right Way Politics. <music>